Welcome to the latest edition of the Real World Podcast. I'm Robbie, and I'm joined by Colin and Michael. What's up, guys? What's, What's up, Robster? What's up, Robbie? All it's right. been a while. It has been a little bit. Sophia Coppola, right? Was Sophia Coppola was our last one. That yeah. was a fun pod. We, had, we were fortunate to have Haley join us. But uh, this time, this is going to be one of our uh, staples here at Real World. A tradition unlike any other. <laughs> That's right. Today, we reveal and discuss Michael Copeland's top 15 films of 2017. What's up, guys? All right. <laughs> All right, so for any new listeners or those that aren't familiar with your annual list, Michael, could you kind of explain yourself here? How long have you been doing this? Why do you do it? Um, well, I'm a big film nerd. And uh, I don't know the first year, but I, I, I've been doing it for a long time. Um, handful of years now. And I don't know. I just I like ranking things. I think it's probably the dumbest thing you could do, ranking art. But I love to do it. Um, so I make a list every year. And everybody does top ten. Uh, so I thought I'd open it up a little bit and... Uh, have some honorable mentions, so sure. it's always kind of just been a top fifteen. Okay, so do you, just, you always put this on Facebook, right? I do. It's I usually make it like my cover photo somewhere around June or July. Okay, when movies kind of start picking up, and uh, it's just a running tab. So like you know, if the first movie that I see uh, in the year is Fifty Shades of Grey. Well, it's going to be the number one film of the year. Yeah. And people are just going to have to deal with it. And at first glance, they're like, really? Are you, how's it your number one? Because it's the only thing I've seen. Yeah. Right. And it's just a constantly moving and changing list. But you said you don't release it till like June or July, right? So is that like about when you yeah, hit 15? Yeah. So typically, yeah. So typically, like right when I um, put it out there, there's at least 12 movies on the list. Okay. Um, so that's the other thing too is, yeah, I think initially, like when I first started doing it, I didn't have a problem with keeping one or two titles on the list for a handful of months. Right. Um, I was like, okay, well, I should probably have a little bit more content when I finally release them. So I started holding off until the summer when I, you know, there's a handful to, to present. Sure. The but first uh, one I could, I could find on social media was 2011. Which yeah, that's probably it. That may be your first year, but yeah. Yeah. So... The other day you shared now. 2012 with us. Mm-hmm. So Django Unchained was number one in 2012. I have got that list right in front of me. I took uh, a peek at it last night. You had Magic Mike on the list. I know you're a big fan of that one. Oh, yeah. Soderbergh. There are two other ones on there that I don't even know that I've heard of. The Intouchables? Yeah. What it is, is that? Great French that's a, yeah, that's independent great film. Okay. Yeah. Really, really, really good. Um it's about this guy who's disabled, he's in a wheelchair, and um, he hires this in-house help to look after him, and it's kind of just about their relationship. Okay. It's a really good movie, though. That year was a little controversial, because that was the first time a PTA film wasn't... Yes. I remember that. So, Quentin took out PTA. Wow. Django surpassed the master. That was controversial. Yeah. I had a tough time with that one. I remember that. I remember you did. Because for some reason, I felt like that said something about my love. It, it, it put that into question, my love for PTA. But um, no, Django was a better film. And that's the other thing, too. Like, there's no, there's no bias. You know, my list is my list. And it's usually pretty controversial. But I stick to my guns. And what I like is what I like. And take it or leave it. It's my list. Fair enough. So, okay, 2017... 
It's now February 2018, so I guess the eligibility period. Is it just any film released in calendar year 2017? When you say released, you mean New York, LA, not necessarily wide release? Yeah, exactly. So uh, January 1st through uh, December 31st. Um, now, unless you're in, unless you live in New York and LA, um, sometimes you won't get a handful of the Oscar films until January, sometimes February, which right. really, really sucks. But all of those films were released in either LA or New York to qualify for the Oscars. And that's why it's February when we're actually revealing. Yes, exactly. Because it took me a while to <clears throat> see Hostels. You know, it, mm -hmm. it took me a while to. Uh, well, ordinarily, it would have taken me a while to see Phantom Thread, but um, I cheated and flew to LA to see that uh, when it came out. But Christmas Day, right? Christmas Day. That's yes, awesome. exactly. But had I waited, it wouldn't have been here until uh, late January. Right. Yeah, which uh, I got time for that. Nah, you can't wait for that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, typically by end of January, mid-February, um, I've seen everything. Okay. Yeah. So, and I, and I finalized my list. Now, there, there are a few movies that, and this has happened plenty of times, that I don't end up seeing for whatever reason. I don't get around to see it in the theater. It disappears quickly. And I see it somewhere down the line later on, and I'm like, oh, man, that was really, really good. Mm. I don't change the list or anything, but uh, Rachel Getting Married mm. comes to mind as an example. Movie. I never saw that the year that it came out. I saw it a year later, and I mean... I, I looked at my list from that year and I was like, this easily would have been number two, number three. Um, so it's unfortunate. Sometimes you, right. you miss some. Battle of the Sexes was a movie I wanted to see this year that I didn't see. Uh, Boy, a lot of people didn't see that. I didn't see it. Man, <laughs> it came and went it so did. It quickly. Came, yeah, it really did. Um, I saw it in an empty theater. Really? Mm -hmm. yeah. Maybe three people there at most. Wow. And yeah. it's that writer-director couple that did uh, Little Miss Sunshine. They had made a movie since, and I was so excited to not see to this. Not to expand on that, but why did that not register? Because you had big stars know, in it. You had Emma and Steve. And that's kind of how Last Flag Flying was, too. Yeah, a lot of Last Flag. It came and went really fast. Last time, last uh, I looked at Box Office Mojo, I don't know that it's made a million dollars. Which one? Last Flag Flying. Really? Yeah. It had such a small release and like no marketing campaign right? yeah, whatsoever. True. So unless you're in the know and you track Linklater... Does Corel no longer have the juice? No, I really just think these films didn't have a campaign for whatever reason. That happens. Hostels was the same way. Right. That Talk about a movie who did not have an Oscar campaign, did not have an anything campaign. Um, it happens to be doing well at the box office, but... It's not because of marketing. Logan Lucky comes to mind too, right? Like yeah, that was like non-traditional yeah. marketing. And yes, it exactly. The eyeballs that it typically would. Probably. Yeah, that was definitely a unique situation in which everything was kind of paid for up front, um, and marketing took a back seat. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. So there's a few films that I I missed. Uh, Brad Status. One of Colin's favorite movies of the Gosh, year. That yeah. came and went. I really wanted to see that, and I missed that. We actually saw that in a pretty cra crowded theater, yeah. though, right? Me and Colin went together <laughs> to that one, and yeah, it was pretty crowded. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we were both underwhelmed. Yes. So you didn't. I don't feel like you, you missed. missed I don't think it yeah. makes your list. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, Mudbound, which was a net a Netflix film that's gotten a lot of Oscar buzz, and 
Um, right. I, I didn't see that. Let's talk about that for just a second. So, would you typically only put things that you saw in theaters, or are, do you open it up to movies you might watch at home? Because obviously, with Netflix and streaming services, now, well, you might get ex- like Mudbound. I don't think that ever got a theatrical release, mm-mm. right? No. I well, I think it did. Really? I think it, yes. I think I think what Netflix does because of Oscar stipulations. Oh, it has to be in the theaters for like two weeks, right? For like two weeks. Okay. So. Mudbound can be released at a Lowe's in New York for two weeks, and that qualifies. That's right. it. And that could have been the only theater it ever played at. Um, so I, th- I think they did do that, uh, but I can't speak to that. Um, but it should have been at the theater. They sneak it in. It's kind of a loophole. That's probably going to change because so many movies are going to Netflix, unfortunately. So the Oscars probably aren't going to require um, a theatrical release, but right now that's where it stands. The only reason I know that is because it's mentioned at the end of The Disaster Artist. The two-week stipulation. It is? Yeah, because Tommy Wiseau put his movie in theaters for two weeks. He paid to have it in a theater for two weeks. Oh, okay, so you're right. So be Academy Award eligible. You're right. You're right. Well, there you go. They put that in the end credits. Nice. Well, yeah, that rule definitely still applies today. But I, I hate the Netflix thing. I hate it. Uh, Scorsese's next film is going to be on Netflix, mm-hmm. and I just... I, I I don't like it at all. I don't want to watch it at home. I don't mind watching it at home, but only after I've seen it in the theater. Okay. How far away are we from having a Netflix streamed movie win Best Picture of the Year? I don't think we're all that far either. off, man. I don't either. I think we may be within like five years. Yeah, I mean, I can see it. as long as Netflix is just shelling out money. Yeah. I mean, the odds are in their favor. They yep. buy so much content. Oh, yeah. There's going to be a great film that yep. lands at Netflix. Yep. Um. I don't know, but I, I think right now filmmakers are probably going to fight it a little bit. Unless they just want the money. They're going to be like, I don't want it's Netflix to distribute my film. It's quality of content versus you know cinematic experience. Yeah. yeah, We'll see which one's cave. I hear Mudbound is an amazing movie, but I do not get excited about seeing it at home. Mm-hmm. I really don't. That's one of the reasons why I didn't see it. I, I want to, and I will, but had it been in theaters, I definitely would have seen Mudbound. It was nominated for screenplay as well, right? So I mean, it's it was it's been well written. Here, Mary J. Blige is really good in it. Yeah, it's got an incredible cast. Uh, Jonathan Banks from Breaking Bad's in it. Um, slew of other people. Yeah, what's um, the name of that one dude? He was in Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah, he's, he's in like it. The main dude. What's that guy's name? I call him the fake Chris Pratt. Because he, he's British, right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. He is like he is the fake uh, Jason Clark. Is that his name? Yeah, yeah Jason that sounds Clark. right. Yeah, he's in it. Yeah, he's in it. Who's a good actor? There's a lot of good character actors in the movie. He's a really good actor. He's in Everest and yeah. Yeah. All right, so before we start counting them down, ballpark, how many movies do you think you saw in 2017? Um Man oh man. That's a good question. It's kind of like when people ask me how many movies I own. I'm so proud of my movie collection. I've been building them up for so long that I hate to say anything less than like 500 movies right because for some reason for whatever reason that sounds less than but i probably have like 400 and something amount of movies which is a lot but like to me i want to be able to say I, oh i have thousands of movies sure you have a very impressive collection it's it's very impressive i'm on unbi- i'm biased but i think and i only buy impressive. movies that i love i don't just mm-hmm. go pick up he whatever no it's only movies that i love that right. i have in my possession so that was a long way of saying I spend so much of my time at the theater. That's what I do. I live at the movies. I see so many movies. But if I were actually counting them up, 
I don't know that I've seen a hundred movies this year. I don't. I don't think I've seen you know, seventy-five you, movies. We've this talked year. about that a lot in years past. We've always tried to figure out how many movies we've seen. I've seen at least fifteen. No, right. you've seen. <laughs> you've seen much more. I've probably. You've seen probably twice. 50? At least fifty. Yeah. Okay. It, at least fifty. 50 probably, which bet. sounds so weak. But it's not. That's but a pretty big amount. Not, That's only, one a week. I, yeah, yeah it's not. Year, I know. Man. It's not. And, and also throw in how many retro screenings we go to. You know, especially you. Yeah. I mean, if you want to go see like Groundhog Day, I mean, we went so oh, yeah. So I saw eyes wide shut. You're probably in the theater. I'd say a hundred times a year. Yeah, close to it. Yeah, it's got to be. I know. I, I want very a, impressive. I want a big impressive number. But when you look at when you look at numbers and you, I I think the average American goes to the movies maybe once or twice a year. Mm-hmm. So when you look at it like that, okay, fifty's pretty good. Yeah. Um, but I would yeah. say like a handful would probably be like the top out mark. What do you think? Yeah. People, right? Five to ten. At Five most, to ten probably at is, most. Yeah. Like if you surveyed people, that's probably what they would answer. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Check the five too. to ten box. Yep. Exactly. And it's mostly your blockbuster popcorn stuff. It's right? usually summer stuff, blockbuster stuff. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No. There's a lot of good movies. Hey, in at least category. people are going to the movies. Absolutely. There's probably an uptick too when Best Picture nominees come out. Mm-hmm. Sure. Because mm-hmm. so many people, that's what's so weird. So many people watch the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Right. It's second only to the Super Bowl. Yep. But how many of those movies have people actually seen? Very few. But mm-hmm. I think people do try and make an effort to see those. Absolutely. But, uh, Yeah. All right, so uh, without further ado, let's do this. Oh, man. Let's get into the top 15. Real quick, anything that landed just outside the top 15 that you feel like mentioning? Should we just dive right into the countdown? <sighs> I mean, it's always, it's always tough to cut a few loose. Um, I will say that uh, Darkest Hour, which is a really good movie. I really like Darkest Hour. Um, and Shape of Water, too. They didn't make my my top fifteen. Wow! I know both best mm. picture. I know. Would... See, and for me, I can name fifteen movies that I love more. Um, okay. But you know, it is tough because those are good movies. They're they're really good movies. Um, Just talking to people that I know that have seen Shape of Water, it's it's a love or hate it thing, from what I understand. Darkest Hour, probably not a lot of people have seen it. I thought it was awesome. Darkest Hour is pretty universal, yeah. and I did not hate Shape of Water. I am not right. a science fiction guy at all. Um, I really liked Shape of Water, but for whatever reason, yeah, it just I don't know. There's there's 15 other films that I I liked a little bit more. Um, another couple other omissions. Just looking at it, Get Out, not on there. Yeah, see, I Did was not high on Get Out or it. It didn't make it either. No, it didn't make it. Um, I liked Thor a lot. I thought Thor was mm-hmm. really good. Ragnarok. I finally ventured out and saw a Marvel film, and I really liked Thor. It's very entertaining. Um, now there is a Marvel movie that did make the list, but um, we'll get to that later. We will. Yeah, it's it's tough, but you know what? I see that as a good year. When you have films like Shape of Water, Darkest Hour, Thor, Get Out, not make the top fifteen, mm-hmm. that's a year to be celebrated. So I agree. Yeah, I, I think it, I think it was a very good good year at the movies. Can I one movie that I did not see? I think you saw it, and man, it's another one that came and went. I was excited about. What about Only the Brave? Only the Brave. I totally forgot about that movie. That's a tearjerker, man. I really liked Only the Brave. Yeah, I saw it. Just came out for rental. I want to see it. Yes, I didn't yeah, see it's it. Very, very good. Very good. I felt like that came and went. The dialogue's a little corny. Okay. Um, 
But man, it's an amazing story. Good actors. And good actors, and I bawled my eyes out. Miles Teller. I, I think he should have been recognized. I know it's a stacked year, but I would have nominated him for an Oscar. He's incredible in it. This is a solid list. Like as far as the totality of movies, we're just looking at this. This are, there are a lot of good movies on here. It was a good year, man. Mm-hmm. Stronger was a, was yeah, a pretty Stronger decent movie, was man. Really good. It was it was a good Jill film. Hall made a, he was really strong in that. There are some great performances that didn't make the top fifteen either. Wow. So. Okay. But I, I man, think I've got a good did. list. I mean, this is yeah, this what is this is my list. All right, let's I'm start proud off. of this list. Let's hit number fifteen. All right, we're gonna start the the list off with some controversy. Oh no, it was very very controversial. I think last number year 15. was last year Deepwater Horizon number fifteen. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, really controversial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what Mark Wahlberg movie did you put at number fifteen <laughs> this year? Um, Life. Life. Man, I still never saw Life. That's the one with Martin Lawrence and... Not Martin oh, Lawrence. Whoa, Martin yeah, Lawrence. Whatever happened to Martin Lawrence? God, I don't oh, know. No, it's I Ryan I forgot about life. With Eddie Murphy? Yeah. Jeez. I think Bernie Mac was in it. Yeah, man. It was like, who's who? Um, I loved life. Is it a direct ripoff of Alien? Yes. But the Alien in this movie is the scariest thing I've ever seen on film. Man. Okay. It's so scary. So scary. I saw it with you, Colin. Nope. Did you I, not see it with no, me? No, but the thing I always know Who about I life. see it with? You saw like reading all of them. I saw it saw afterwards because you highly recommend it. The thing that, you, that life will, you'll never be able to take away from this movie, it was top three in Michael's initial rankings. Wow. This year. Dude. It was number for three. For the longest time. It was a sci-fi film, right? Sci-fi horror? Is that what this would be classified oh, yeah. as? Okay. Yeah. It was in, it was top five, top ten for it the was, longest time. It was I stand by life. Here's the thing. I'd say probably 90, 95% of the people listening to the po- this podcast did not see Life. I'm one of them. Go see it. It came out in it was early. March or April. Very early. Yeah. yeah. Every once in a while for me, you get a straggler. Get Out was probably the best example for people's list and that this year. Was so that early. came out in February. That was a year ago. Yeah. Um, every once in a while, you'll get a Grand Budapest Hotel or something that sticks around. But for me... It was not Get Out. It was Life. I freaking loved Life. I thought it was so good. I thought it was so chilling. Um, so remind me, that's Gyllenhaal and Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Anybody yeah. else noteworthy? Uh, Rebecca Ferguson. Yeah, the, uh, the guy. The Mission Impossible movies. Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, she was also in the Snowman. Was she in the that. Snowman? Yeah. That came out this year, right? Yeah, Tank. Snowman was this year. Yeah. That would be in your bottom fifteen. Oh, I would imagine boy. Yeah. if you saw it. No, my brother saw it and walked out. With Brad status? Uh, yeah. I bet Brad status makes is like three billboards compared to Snowman. Oh, from, what no. I've heard, from what I've heard. Oh, that did not do well. No. Sorry, um, sorry Mike. No, I, I thought it was so chilling. I thought it was so good. It's a great popcorn flick. It's, it's, it reminded me of like... It kind of reminded me of Panic Room. Okay. Like it's a well-made cat and mouse movie. Just a great chase movie. Cat and mouse, rat race, just movie. Stuck it's, in space, nowhere to go. Yes. Check logic at the door. Get your popcorn ready. That's exactly what life was. Okay, so what was scary about the alien? You said it's like the scariest alien you've seen on film. Yeah. Well, I don't want to give too much away, but it's like... It's this creature that kind of... When it devours somebody, it grows. Okay. It gets bigger. It started out as like this little piece of bacteria. 
Okay. You know, and it's just, and then all of a sudden it just snaps and it does this and it does that and it takes out this guy and it gets bigger and it gets stronger and it gets faster and then it takes off this guy and it just grows and grows and grows. And then you have like this, you, it turns into this space chase movie where he's hanging outside the ship, he's in the ship and you don't know, it's, it's so scary. Okay. It's so scary. All right. I, and I love, it stuck with me. It really did. Like I, I walked out of the theater going, holy crap. That was really good. I was not expecting it to be. Nice. And then here we are at the end of the year, number 15. Okay. Uh, I'm going to have to see it. It's very, very good. Highly recommend life. Okay, so let's move to number 14. Number 14 is Star Wars, The Last Jedi. Nice. Now, this was an interesting one because it almost didn't make the list. Yeah. I love Star Wars, but it's, you know, sometimes you can't, they can't all make it. Um, I saw it a second time. Mm-hmm. I went to the Omni in Fort Worth, and I saw it on IMAX, discovered that there was not one single IMAX sequence in the entire movie. Hmm. I was led to believe that it was shot on IMAX cameras. It was, but apparently um, Ryan Johnson didn't want to flip-flop between aspect ratios. Mm, okay, so That's he, interesting. He kept it all one aspect ratio. You'll notice if you go see a Christopher Nolan movie on IMAX, it jumps. Yep. Yeah, yep. from that narrow two three five to the tall one six five, and Ryan Johnson didn't want to do that, so he kept it the uh, anamorphic the entire time. Okay, so it was still a great experience seeing it on that massive screen, but um, there weren't any true IMAX sequences. Having said all that, loved it even more a second time. Okay, and it ended up jumping back into the top fifteen. Nice. Yeah, okay. jumped over life, and it was fourteen. I liked it a lot more a second time. We went and saw it opening night, right? Thursday yes. night? Yeah, 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 yeah. But we went and saw it at the Angelica, which is like... That was a weird weird place to see it. In but the art house theater. Exactly. Right? It's the place we could see but it. But it's the only place we could see it opening night. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Would have been kick-ass to see it at Texas Theater. Oh, yeah. Cool. We didn't know in time. Yeah. I know. Tickets went fast. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I love Star Wars, and a lot of the fans did not they this was a polarizing star wars and i didn't understand it i mean i loved it from the first viewing and i loved it like i said even more uh seeing it a second time so um yeah it catapulted back into the top 15 number 14 right on number 13 number 13 i tanya good movie very good movie. Really liked yeah. it. Really good movie. The soundtrack's amazing. Yeah, boy, that I did not expect how good the soundtrack would be. It was really, it was really fantastic. good. Yeah, it's really stylish. It is very stylish. Yep. It is. It's kind of a. It's kind of a poor man's Goodfellas. Yep. It really is. Just kind of the way the the story is told, the voiceover. Subtle yeah. humor. There's all subtle humor. Oh, there's there. a lot of humor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's just really slick. The camera's constantly moving, and um, acting was really good. Acting was great. I really loved. Uh, her boyfriend, fiance, yeah, Jeff Galuli, yeah. yeah, but his buddy, yeah, the fat guy, yeah. yeah, he kind of steals the show. He does, hands down, my favorite character. Mm-hmm. I thought he was amazing in that. He was. He was so funny. It's so bizarre. Um, Very bizarre. Yeah. Sure. Uh, do you think either one of them have a shot for the Oscar? I think Allison Janney could win. You think she's got a shot? Yeah. I mean, she's, she's won like everything else. Margaret Robbie's going to be tough. I think Janie's, yeah. I don't think Margot can take it. No, it's not her year. But she was excellent in this. She so was. It's a big role for her. I know a lot of people didn't buy her as like a serious, really yeah. good Yeah, it's actress. a big role for her. Yeah. She just kind of broke down yeah. those barriers, so to speak. For sure. No, she was excellent. But yeah. Janie, I mean, she's like an Academy favorite. 
She's yeah. like the Meryl Streep of yeah, the supporting actress really category. Really right? good in this, too. Yeah. She is. She's really, really good, mm-hmm. man. She sets the tone from the beginning. Without question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a tough role, too. And she's she's a just a vicious, unsympathetic mom. Yeah. Did you guys do any research on this? Like, how much was actual, like, legit skating was Margot Robbie doing? I could tell... Oh, good question. I could tell that there was a lot of what they did on Benjamin Button... In that they had an actual figure skater, okay, and they digitally mapped Margot's face onto that figure skater's body, okay. And I could I could tell just the way it moved. It's really really fast. They do a really good job. Right. It's pretty seamless, but um, it was definitely another skater, and they superimposed she Margot's did, she face. She did some skating though, right? Yeah, obviously yeah. Some of stuff's really technical, so obviously yeah. she didn't do it. Yeah, a lot of the sort of getting started and the showmanship with the crowd and everything, but then when she starts doing her thing. It's 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 she a professional skater. She did not do the triple axel. <laughs> but the effect, the uh, the special effects were incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they it looked, looked real. It did. It, it really did. Authentic. Yeah, I was impressed. So we all enjoyed I Tanya. Let's move into number twelve. Number twelve is War for the Planet of the Apes. Ooh. Great movie. So good. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I loved it so much more mm-hmm. than I thought I would. Now, I was a big fan of Rise and Dawn. Me too. Mm-hmm. For me, the trilogy grew better with age. Agreed. Yeah. But I really, really liked Rise, and Dawn was just amazing. So I was excited about War, but man, I walked out of the theater going, that is, I would nominate it for Best Picture. That trilogy got better and better. Yeah. It really did. Dude. Would you attribute that to like motion capture technology advancing or Andy Serkis being an even better actor? Yeah, Serkis. One day, I mean, they've got to get him an honorary Oscar at least. If they're not going to nominate him for one of these roles, they've got to give him an Oscar soon. He's so good. For his body of work. He is. No, his performance is incredible. I will say, though, the effects have gotten so much better. The motion capture, like, um, I I purchased the trilogy um, like a week ago. Okay. And so I'm rewatching them right now. And Rise, it gets better with Dawn, but Rise, like you can really tell that the apes are fake. Mm-hmm. I mean, they really look CG mm-hmm. um, to the point that you wish that they had done it practically and they put people in suits. Oh, wow. Because it's, it looks CG, and I mm-hmm. don't like when things look CG. Um, but still, the ability to have Andy Serkis act. And superimpose that onto an animal's body. Amazing. But I I don't know. I, I don't know that I would have made the movie. I felt it's kind of like um, if you ever saw Polar Express. The idea was there. What they did was incredible. But the animation seems incomplete. Mm-hmm. You know, like everybody, just the way that they blink their eyes and they move their mouth. It's just, it wasn't all there. And I probably wouldn't have made the movie until the technology was completely ready. Right. And so that's kind of how I felt about Rise. Like it's just like I get what they're doing and they are pulling it off, but it's not quite there. It's like they can't add a, uh, the right amount of detail to make it realistic. Um, not the case in War. Oh my God, the special effects are incredible, mm-hmm. and I think it's up for a handful of Oscars mm-hmm. for technical Oscars, mm-hmm. and rightfully so. I hope it wins every one Woody's of them. Woody's great in it. Yeah. Now, actual performances. Woody is great. 
Woody had such a good year this year, and he's he good in everything he's he in. He might have had the best year of any actor. Dude, Woody was amazing. Mm-hmm. I really liked him, though, in a, as a villain. He was mean, man. Yeah, he, he came was. across as, yeah, yeah, very mean. It's kind of, he reminded me kind of of the character that he played in uh, Into the Furnace. Yeah. Same, uh, it's yep. a very kind of, very similar Backwoods, role. Backwoods. Military background. Yeah. yeah. But he kind of has a heart in War of the Planet of the Apes. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a little sympathetic, so... I thought it was great for him. But it was just a great story. The score was incredible. I love the soundtrack. You get invested in the story, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's intense. It is. It's, it's well told and well made. Definitely the best of the three. We saw that together. Yeah, we did see yep. that together. That was really good. Really good. Damn good movie. So, yeah, number 12, War for the Planet of the Apes. Number 11. Number 11 is Soderbergh's comeback. Okay. Logan Lucky. We saw this together. We did see this together. It was it was fun. It was more fun than I thought I was going to be. Yeah. See, Soderbergh for me. Now I say that when we first started the podcast that I, I'm not biased in any way. Um, I am. I, I think a little a little Soderbergh bias in that the way he tells a story. He's just the epitome of cool, and every time I leave a Soderbergh movie, it inspires me. I just, I want to go make a movie. And I want to go make a movie that looks like a Soderbergh movie. Because I just have, I'm smiling ear to ear. They're fun. Uh, They're they're so much fun. And they're just so cool. And you can tell that he's directing that with with that in mind. That's his intent. Like, we're having a good time. And I want you to know it. The actors are having fun. Yeah, exactly. Daniel Craig in this movie looked like he was having the time of his life. Yes. Playing that character. Yeah, 100%. It's like it's kind of like Wes Anderson too, and just the way he he moves the camera to certain beats of dialogue, and it's just you got that great music underneath it, and it's just so much fun. And so Logan Lucky, um, add that to the list of great Soderbergh movies. See, my uh, my reservations going into it is I thought it just looked like Hillbilly Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. Right? Yeah. In fact, I think there's a joke, like a line in the movie. Where they oh, they reference Ocean's Eleven. Like Ocean Seven Eleven. Yes, like exactly. That, right? Yes. Um, but so that's kind of like tongue in cheek, like he knows, right? Yeah, he knows. He's playing the hits. He knows. The guy who made Ocean's Eleven is making Logan Lucky. Right. One hundred percent. Another heist movie, but yeah. this time it's set in like rural West Virginia, and then Charlotte Motor Speedway. Yes. And you've got Channing Tatum. Adam Driver had a big year, right? I mean, yeah. He's, in it. he's great in it. Adam Driver's so good in it. And I mean, it was just—it was a lot better than I expected it to be. It's a very entertaining movie. So Daniel Craig, I support it for How sure. How about that performance? He was awesome, boy. He's always so serious in movies. So I he know. Had to be a little bit wild. This he time. let loose in this one, and that yeah. was really cool to see. The part where he uh, gets—he breaks out of prison, or they break him out, and then they're on their way to do the job. Mm-hmm. And then he's in the back seat changing, mm-hmm. and he tells her that he's going to be naked back there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No peeking. And yeah, no peeking. Glances. He's, I said no peeking. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's that's just a, really funny. That's a great scene. And just the stuff he does where he's like, uh, he gets the uh, the fake salt and he gets the boiled eggs uh-huh. and just eats those. Uh-huh. It's gross, uh-huh. but it's just, it's cool. It's part of the character. It's fun. Yeah, and it's very much so in line with the Ocean's films. It's it's not really about the heist. It's the fun of pulling off the heist. Right. You know, you, you do kind of have to check logic at the door and not everything is explained and everything has been accounted for. You know, they've planned for everything. Um, but the audience is kind of kept in the dark. So you think that something is going wrong, but they have a backup for that. Right. And that's okay. That's because that's not the point of the movie. The movie is a GQ shoot. 
it, it's just it's a glamorous you know have a good time kind yeah. of movie and that's what I love about his work and I really love Logan Lucky what do you think about it was kind of an open ending right with Hilary Swank's character yeah a little bit that was a little bit strange yeah it was a little bit strange it, it felt like her character and her scenes were a little shoehorned. Yeah, I didn't necessarily like her character. Anymore. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm with you. It, it was kind of like, nah. They didn't need it. Yeah. And then yeah. to then have the open-ended uh, ending. Right, exactly. Well, it was just kind of strange, right? Like, yeah. It's, she's on to them. Yeah. And then, like, what's her angle? Yeah. So, like, are they setting up a sequel, or is it just supposed to end? Yeah. I don't know. It was just kind of... That would be my one, like, major critique. I'm with you. Her acting wasn't even necessarily that great i didn't like her accent it was kind of a funny accent it was i've honestly never been huge on her but i know obviously she has a lot of accolades yeah she does she's very well decorated but yeah yeah but it's weird it's it's when i think of logan lucky like i have to be reminded that hillary swank was even in it like it's one of those things i i wasn't a fan of the ending but it didn't it didn't ruin the movie for me at all yeah it's just so much fun what's her tie-in on that movie like I don't know. Yeah, she worked like, with Soderbergh before? No. But she, she does random cameos and stuff that you would She does. I don't know. And everybody wants to work with Soderbergh. Sure. He can get every. He can this get anybody. Return. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it could have been a... Maybe they're good friends and they're like, hey, you want to come have fun with us for you know a couple mm-hmm. days? We'll shoot. You have a small scene here and you know we'll just have some fun. Maybe it was that kind of deal. But she doesn't, she doesn't take away from the movie. It's a little weird. It's a little jarring, but... As a whole, love Logan Lucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big fan. All right, let's move into the top ten. Yes, okay, so coming in at number ten, a movie that we all saw together and uh, did a great podcast on as well, Guardians of the Galaxy. All right. Volume two. I loved it. You want to talk about having a good time or in yeah. a movie, Is Guardians. Amazing soundtrack. Yes. Well-made. I just I love that movie so much. The Guardians movies are super fun. They're like, super fun. A major hit too. Yeah. Gosh, did it do well? Yes. I guess with the first Guardians, it was kind of like the game changer for Marvel, right? Where people realized, oh, we can have like we can a have really fun. good fun time with yeah. this, right? Yeah. It really was a game changer yeah. that I think uh, they won't go back from now. Right. No. You know, I really think superhero movie. Thor kind of had that. Right. As like, well, you mentioned Ragnarok, right? Like it was a lot closer to a Guardians movie. Yes. than the prior iterations yes. of Thor, which were like yes. kind of dark and boring. Yes. And very bleak. Especially but, the trailer for Thor. Yeah. I mean, it looked like it could have been a Guardian sequel. Right. I mean, they've got the 70s music playing. They had Zeppelin for, for Thor going, and it's just, it's the kind of the 70s uh, uh, title cards, you know, and it's just kind of this retro feel mm-hmm. that no doubt Guardians paved the way for. So, um, yeah. would you consider this like the star-making vehicle for Chris Pratt, like the first Guardians, and now he's like bona fide A-list? Yeah. As far as I'm star- concerned, yeah. Yep, I yeah. agree. Yeah, 100%. Because Jurassic World, eh, take it or leave it. I'm not a big fan. When when Spielberg left, I left too. Um, but Guardians is so good, and he's so good in it. Yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of... The Guardians movies, that's where I'm like, okay, I'm okay with him being the leading man. Right. Yeah, he he's was, earned he's it. He's the perfect casting for that type of movie. He's too. really good. Just yeah. his sense of humor. Yeah, it's kind of like this bumbling hero. What a great deal for Bradley Cooper and Vin Diesel too. It is. Yeah, Lee, can you imagine especially they had a back for, end on especially that? for Diesel? Diesel doesn't yeah, say shit. Says, 
Yeah. yeah. He says I'm Groot. It's twenty million dollars. Yeah, here's twenty. Thanks Bradley for coming. Bradley Cooper for is like kind of a big part of the film. Right? Oh, absolutely. He is. He's, he's great. It's a big draw. Yeah. Just a voice, but he's he's a big part of it. Is Rocket? Is he the big hit with the kids? I think so. I'm asking. I don't know. But he's Probably. so like he's so such a dark character. He's kind of crass yeah. too. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. like he's very crass. I don't know. I feel like Groot's the kid character, right? Especially like this time. Especially they, this one. They did the yeah, mini yes. Groot, so yeah. like merchandising. What yeah. a great opening scene too. Yeah. Like it was. when they're all getting man. Great. I think I uh, love Mr. That Mr. Scene. Boo's guy yeah. was the yes. that song. Yep. Yes. Really cool. And it's all scene. one shot. And the camera's just going in a circle, yep. and you got little Groot running around, and Kurt Russell was a great opening. Yeah. Yes. This is well made, and I thought it was better than the first one. I love the first one. Mm-hmm. It's one of the few times they're two for two. They've already greenlighted three, right? I'm I sure they have. Good, yeah. Good. And then uh, Dave Bautista, yeah, former WWE oh, superstar. He's so good in it. He's so good. His his comedic timing is insane. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it, that's the type of guy where you know he was he was a villain. And he was a heavy in like uh, was it Skyfall that he was in or was Skyfall. it uh, Spectre? Uh, Spectre, 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 Spectre. So he like barely had a speaking part. Right, just like a big. I think scary he had one guy. line and it was just like, yeah. oh shit or something. Right. Yeah. So yeah. like that's kind of what you'd think a guy like that would be shoehorned into. But then he found his way into an audition for the first Guardians, and he's incredible. He's mm-hmm. a really entertaining actor. He's fun. It's great to see Stallone. Yes. Yeah, he's got a really small role, I but he's good about in Stallone's it. in that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know what? We didn't even talk about, but Yondu. Michael Rooker's character. He is awesome in it. I think that might be the best character in the whole Man, series. he kind of stole the show. Yeah, he's so good in that. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's really, really good. Uh, Mary Poppins, that was a huge line. It was. Like, oh, that's yeah. what memes, that was... a gifts, the whole bit. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That Great movie. movie. A lot of fun. Great movie. I loved it. Number nine. Uh, speaking of Batista, he's had a big year. Uh-oh. Blade Runner coming in at number nine. Nice. I wish this movie would have had more impact. I hate that it lost so much money. What happened? It's too long. I don't understand what happened. It's too long. It's too long. That's my theory. I think... Because they did push it hard marketing. Oh, yeah. They did. You've got Gosling. Okay? You've got Harrison back. Dude, in downtown Dallas, there were billboards everywhere. Okay? So I imagine every major market's the same. Yeah. You've got an accomplished director. You have a brand movie. Right. I don't get it. But I don't think Blade Runner is that. Am I am I, I overestimating the brand? Does too much for the masses. I think that's part of it, right? Like Did they overestimate that? I think so. Yeah. Wow. And to hear the director Denis talk about it, I've heard so many interviews where he just felt the pressure because that movie holds such a special place in his heart, mm-hmm. like to him. And the many fans of Blade Runner, that's a very important film to them. Right. That's a big cult following. But as far as the Wide world appeal. as a whole, I, it does not have universal appeal. That right. was not a big movie. It, I mean, it didn't. the original didn't do well in theaters. Right. That found life on DVD yep. and Laserdisc and VHS. Maybe this will too. Maybe. I hope so. I did read last week or two weeks ago, whenever it came out on Blu-ray... Uh, that it was number one rental okay. for everything. Yeah. So st- uh, streaming, rental. So I think it's going to do a lot. But still, like, what was its budget? Was it $150 million? It was huge. It was yeah. massive. So, Plus throw another 20 to 30 on in marketing at least. Yeah. So, yeah. So you got to make... Four to break it. 400 yeah. something yeah. to break even. And I think worldwide it made 230 Oh, man. That's bad. I know. We saw it, Robbie Logan and I saw it opening night, and it was packed. I thought it was going to really do well. I thought it was going to do, well. do well, too. I'm telling you, like, 
I think they overestimated like the kind of juice that the Blade Runner name had. Exactly. Maybe Harrison Ford, right? Like, is he past his prime? Are people that excited about going to see Harrison Ford in a movie? Plus, they didn't like reveal his character until like ninety minutes into it. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like that was deep in the movie. Gosling's huge. And I think, but, I mean, unless he's like Indiana Jones and Han Solo, that has mass appeal. Those are those are big characters. Blade characters. Runner was such a small film that I, I just don't think a lot of people. Not enough to make four hundred million dollars worldwide. What's the next Harrison Ford movie you want to see remade? Uh, Fugitive. I don't know. You want to bring him back for the Fugitive? No, that movie does not need to be touched. Patriot Games. Yeah, let's Jack. bring him back. They are kind of making Jack six Ryan. days, seven nights. They're doing a series with uh, what's his name, right? Jim from the office. Yeah, they kind of are doing Jack, Jack Ryan. Ryan movies. Jack Ryan. Are we just gonna recreate every Harrison Ford movie? It seems like it. <laughs> you know what? As much as we all talk about Ryan Gosling being this big star, and he is. Don't get me wrong. Every time he does one of these stylized films, yeah. even Drive, they don't. Make those aren't big movies. No, right. they don't make a lot of money. No, they they really don't. So I don't know that that necessarily gets people in seats. Ryan Gosling wearing what the leather jacket. What movie has he made lately that has put people in seats? La La Land. Yeah, but did did it make a lot of money? I can't remember. Yeah, but the Oscars had a lot to I'm do with sure that too. I'm sure that had a big push after Oscar. But yeah, you're right. That's a very. I mean, that's him and Emma. Yeah. Big Short. Did it make a lot of money? Big Short was okay. a big hit. Yeah. So he's still he's still brown. Why yeah. not? Okay. Yeah. Nice guys. I can't. Did that make a lot of money? I don't, know, I don't think that made much did, money. I think that tanked. Did it? T- okay. I, I, I really remember. do. I think they're that making, tanked. They're making a sequel. I think. Oh, Are you man. serious? I think so. Oh my God! Stay away. <laughs> um, another piece of Blade Runner, the runtime. I mean, it's a long movie. It is long. It's over two hours at least. Is it's it like two, two and a half? Just shy of two and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like money wise, right? You're getting fewer fewer showings, and then yeah. people aren't committing to going to a two and a half sure. hour movie sometimes. But then you also wonder how many people are aware of running time. If you want to see a movie, don't you see it? And then you, I, I feel like most people realize how long it is while they're watching it. Well, hopefully not. Yeah, well, well no, exactly. <laughs> right. But like, it's after the fact. They're like, right. that was a long movie. Was it just me? Or like, nobody looks at the running time going, but I could be wrong. I don't know how people think. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I know the studio, and a lot of people did cite that as a possible reason because it is so long. But. I feel like if, it's a, if a movie's good, if it has appeal, people are going to go anyway. I don't know. For whatever yeah. reason. I mean, that that should have been nominated for 12 Oscars. Mm-hmm. It was nominated for a lot. And I think it will win cinematography. I hope it wins cinematography. Hans is up for score. Um, Actually, I don't think he is. He's up for Dunkirk. I thought Dunkirk was the one he got nominated He's a for. double nominee. Is he? Yep. He got both. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's double nominated. What are you here for him? I know. Um, I could be wrong. I swear he was a double nominee though recently. Whether was it the Golden Globes or something? But regardless, the score is incredible. Everything, the movie is incredible. Yeah, the visuals are just insane. visuals are so amazing. And what they did with his like uh, CG girlfriend. Oh, First I love all, that. She was great. She's beautiful. She is beautiful. Maybe the most beautiful girl on planet Earth. Seriously. Right but she was a really good actress. She was. And she was the, really good. The technology they used where she would kind of like blink sometimes. Yes. Like her, she, she would disappear. Like yes. There'd be glitches or whatever. It yes. It just looked really cool yes, yes, on yes. screen. It was very impressive movie technically. What do you guys think? Blade Runner or his last film Arrival? I would go Arrival. <sighs> Arrival. Yeah. Arrival was like my favorite movie though last year. So. Did, I was thinking real quick. Did Arrival do well? 
Yes, it did. It, did it well? really, okay, really I was, well. I'm, I was like, man, I'm hoping he's not losing Juice as a no, director. Because uh -uh. he's so good. No, this was his first misfire. But I would Jesus take, Christ, uh, it's an incredible film. I would take yeah. Sicario, Sicario over both. Yeah. I, I'd take Prisoners over... Yeah. Yeah? Prisoners is my favorite. So Blade Runner being... It'd be last, but it, number, I loved I know, it. But I absolutely loved it's it. It's like, what's your favorite? I was Breath so of satisfied when we saw that. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I would... I would put all my money in him, buy his stock. Yeah. I think he's the hottest filmmaker I in do. Hollywood I think right, now. right now. I mean, if his name is attached to a film, go get in line. Yeah. It's incredible. And I feel bad for him because this movie, I mean, it, sh it should have made him a, a millionaire 50 times over. But it didn't. It didn't do well. And I feel bad for him. It's an incredible movie. It really, really is. So that's my number nine. Blade Runner 2049. Okay, let's move to number eight. Number eight, Call Me By Your Name. Okay. Now, when I saw it the first time and only time, right up until the end, I thought it was a very good movie. I thought it was a very good movie. No doubt it's going to be one of my favorites of the year. But it never really hooked me. Okay. And then Michael Stolberg, Stolberg, mm -hmm. I need to know his name because he's freaking great. He's Stolbar, yeah. Um, thank you, Cohen Brothers, for a big year. finding him Huge year. a serious man. Huge year. Um, yeah, very big year for him. He steals the show in the final 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah. And that dialogue, his monologue with his son, put it over the edge. I said, holy crap, this is... And, and right after I saw it, I mean, it was like, I think it was like five or six, and I saw a few other films that kind of knocked it down, but... Amazing movie. The it's the ending is worth the price of admission alone. Yeah. So good. Great performances. Timothy Chalamet was going to be a huge star. He was awesome. He's so man. freaking good. Oh, I'm right. here for that guy. Yeah. Man, oh, man. Too. And Army Hammer. I was so nervous for the longest time because he's so great in Social Network. And then you could tell the studio, there's a big campaign to make him a star. Mm -hmm. And they put him in that Lone Ranger yeah. movie with Johnny Tank. Depp. What and a handsome guy. Tank. Oh, yeah, he's very handsome. Yeah. So handsome. He's in Jay Edgar, too. Yeah, he's in Jay Edgar. So he has like these little roles, yeah. and he's with Leo, and he's working with Clint Eastwood. And then he's, you know, Fincher, Social Network. Nocturnal Animals, too. Was he in Nocturnal? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, he was the Amy Adams. I didn't see it. Amy oh, you see that I still haven't seen Nocturnal. Wow. Yeah. But um, you're right. The, nice. Lone the Lone Ranger was definitely the a Lone Ranger, that's where he was leading, yep. man. Yep, you're right. Um... Absolutely. And it tanked. Jeez, and then yeah. all of a sudden, you kind of stop hearing from Army Hammer. Mm -hmm. He's, what was the movie he did with Henry? Is it Cavill, Cavill, whoever plays Superman? Oh, was that Man from Uncle or whatever? Yes, yeah. exactly. And that did, that didn't do yeah, well. No, yeah, he was so he was like a supporting role in that. Yeah. He had one last year that I didn't see that got a lot of buzz. It was with the girl from Room. Um, with Brie Larson. Yeah. Brie Larson. What did they do it together? It was called Free Fire. Wow. It was some sort of like shoot em theaters? up. It was, yeah, it was in theaters. I do not remember that movie at all. It was some kind of like shoot 'em up, set in 1978, where like two gangs are meeting in a warehouse. What the hell? Then, wow, like, I, I things don't. Things go I've never heard of this. Yeah, it was just an action comedy movie that came out. And you you didn't year. see it? I did not see it. But, but it I got... remember seeing the commercials, and I heard about it on several pop culture pods where they just raved about it. Wow. Huh. So it's we should check it out. Uh, I'd love to. Free fire. I'm a Army Hammer P1. Um, but no, this is going to propel him. He's yeah. going to have a second life, and I hope he gets that leading man 
Dallas's own career. Yeah. He's really good in Call Me By Your Name. I mean, he is the good, man. is great all the way around. It is. The French girl that's interested in him. Yes. It's, it performance is, uh, is all the way around. It's I guess so she's good. Italian right there in Italy. Yeah. So the yeah, French yeah. girl that lives in Italy. Yeah. yeah. In my world. Yeah. Uh, but she was greatness. Um, obviously, it's a very sexual film. It is. So it might not be for everyone. Yeah. It's like, it's broke back times two. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say so. Yeah. Like there's some actual like bodily fluid stuff. Yes. That happens in the movie. There's a that some people might not be scene. cool with. Yeah. I'll share a story from when I went. I went by myself because I didn't feel comfortable inviting Colin or Thanks, a guy friend to sure. that one. But Colin very homophobic. <laughs> but when I went and sat down, I'm watching the movie and then the first time that they hook up, there's a moment where Army Hammer like kind of leans forward on the bed and wipes his chest. Yeah. Because he has some uh, fluids mm-hmm. on his chest. And an older gentleman behind me goes, oh, gross. I was like, okay. And then about, I don't know, 20 minutes later, yeah. the peach scene you're yeah. talking about happens. Yeah. Same voice. And I just hear, oh, come on. Oh, God. That'll like, take you out of a movie. I was like, yeah. I get it. That's unfortunate. But like, it's, I mean, it's a great movie. Yeah, it is a great movie. Yeah, it's not a movie you could watch with everyone. Right. It's great that we've gotten much more comfortable. Broke back. There was so many. It had its scenes, but a lot of it was suggested, and it was kind of we're dipping our toes in the water. We've never really made this kind of movie before. Mm-hmm. Now you flash forward to 2017, and Call Me by Your Name is yes, much more. Year. Huh? Moonlight yeah. last year. Absolutely. Moonlight. Yes, no one had absolutely. Any about it winning Best Picture. Yes. No. Nope. Broke back. The Academy. Not win. at all. We've made major strides. I mean, Broke Back should have won Best Picture, but oh, the Academy have. didn't do it because of backlash. Yeah. Well, what makes those these movies? so much better than your average hetero romance is that these are tragic Mm -hmm. because they're usually period pieces. Right. They're in a time where you are not supposed to be that way. Yeah, like Call Me By Your Name, which is set in the 80s? It's in the 80s, yeah. Yeah. And as accepting a family as Chalamet had, Mm -hmm. um, you get the sense that that's not Army Hammer's family whatsoever. I mean, given the ending of the film, right? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's evident. That so it's is. tragic because you have people who are in love who can't be in love because of society. Mm-hmm. And so those movies always appeal to me because there's there's more there. There's more humanity in there. You you learn more about characters and, and yourself from watching that stuff. Because boy and girl, it's like, okay, maybe they'll make it work. Maybe they won't. But... It's easy for them, right? You know, but there's that added layer when you have, you know, two men or two women. Carol was another example, mm-hmm. you know, of like it's forbidden, you know, and it's you have to pretend to be something else. So, um, yeah, but no, it was a great movie, really great movie. I don't know if it's gonna win anything this year, but um, hopefully it'll get people in the theater to see it. Absolutely. Very, very, very strong movie. Number seven. Number seven, Spielberg's Uh-oh. The Post. Here we go. Love The Post. So good. Love The Post. Yeah, great movie. Big fan of The Post. I think it's Spielberg's best movie since Munich. Wow. Um, loved Bridge of Spies. Do you like it more than Bridge of Spies? Yeah, Bridge of Spies yeah awesome. but I take I The like Post. I like Post better, too. Yeah, I take The Post. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, uh, Tom Hanks is, is great as always, but Meryl Streep, man oh man, yeah. she steals the show. But then so does Bob Odenkirk. I think I wanted more of him. He has a huge cast. I loved his character. 
Uh, Bruce Greenwood mm-hmm. is always good. Yes. Singer McMara. Yeah. yeah, any movie that's set in the 60s, I mean, it's pretty much, you can count on seeing Greenwood. I mean, I could use more Carrie Coon, right? Like, she's great in this. Yeah. yeah. They could have used her a little more. Sarah Paulson's barely she's in it. Sarah Paulson, she has a really Allison small Bree's role. Allison very, yeah. very small role. Yeah. Bradley Whitford. Yeah, Bradley. And he's had a big year. Whitford is so good at playing the worm. He, he is. is. He yeah, is. He's found his second life yeah. in that. Boy, he really has. Who is the guy who's the dad in Lady Bird and he's also in this? He's like, yes. right, he's great too. Yeah. I can't yeah. remember that guy's name. He's I don't really know his name. Man. Yeah. He's great in Lady Bird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That guy's greatness. This was like, I, I swear Lady Bird is the first time I've ever noticed that actor. He's great. He was incredible in Lady Bird. Um, oh, he's in the post as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, big no. year for him too. That's the thing about a lot of the best picture nominees this year. There's actors that are have hands on all of them, like two, three of the yeah, films that are nominated on a lot of them. Yeah, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, and they can pick scripts, can't they? Evidently, great movie though. Love the post. I thought it was so good, so well made. It also I mean, had David Cross in it. We forgot about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It's a Mr. Show going on with him and Odenkirk. Matthew Reese. He's yep. the dude, mm-hmm. the star of The Americans. Mm-hmm. Jesse Plemons. I mean, that's right, Jesse. What yeah, Plemons. boy, Plemons is had a big year, man. Yeah, I forgot about Jesse Plemons. God. Okay, so that actor we're talking about plays Fritz in the post. It's Tracy Letts is his name. Hmm. All right, I'd love Letts. to see more of him. Because he's, he's great in the Big Short. He's in August Osage County. Or no, he wrote that. Wow. Huh. Oh, really? He wrote August Osage County and Killer Joe, which is a McConaughey movie. Yeah. Oh, yes. That's right. So that's interesting. Okay. okay. All right. This guy's got some skins on the wall. Absolutely. Your number six is interesting. Why know. is it interesting? Well, I liked it a lot. I don't. I wonder how many people expected to be this high, because it kind of came and went too. So number six. It did. Number six is the great Aaron Sorkin. Ooh. Which is a big yeah. Molly's game. Yeah. Now. Did, did it come and go? I mean, it's still in theaters. It's still out there, right? Still, yeah. Like, around here it is. It's done. I guess. Am it'll I talking? Make, it'll make its money back if it hasn't already. It's gotten a couple. It's doing well enough. Award recognition, but not yeah. a lot. No. But man, keep in mind, guys, it won Toronto Film Festival. Yeah. I mean, it won the the top picture at Toronto Film Festival. I thought it would be bigger than it was, honestly. Is this the first movie he's directed? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So written and directed movie. by. Sorkin. Yes. Now, was it a well directed film? I th- I think it was it was good enough. I he's a great bus driver. Right. Um, but where it counts the screenplay. Oh yeah. Oh my God. I mean, his movies are concerts. They really yeah. are. Just the music of, the, of his dialogue is incredible. I, I live for it. I count down to the next Sorkin movie. Um, he definitely delivers. I mean, it's, the script is every bit, every bit as good as, as Steve Jobs was. Um, incredible. Always, because of that, he always gets big-time actors. Yeah, he does. Yeah, and like Steve Jobs, I mean, Molly's Game is doing better than Steve Jobs, but... Yeah, his his last two films haven't been. I mean, poker movies outs. generally don't do well. I know. Right? It's not so a way. Like, I know. I get it, but it's kind of glitz and glamour a little it bit. It is, and you got Jessica Chastain. Chastain and... is outstanding in the movie. She's, She's so good. Looks incredible in the movie as the character Idris Elba. Mm-hmm. Idris is in it. He's so good. He's so good. Yeah. And honestly, I don't think as great as he is, as much of an icon as he is. I think this is the only Kevin Costner performance. Yeah, that's really kind of grabbed me. Yes. In a long time, I cried. The this scene, scene on the bench. Yes. In a long time, yeah. I cried. He hasn't Absolutely. made a great movie in a long time. Yeah, 
Costner has it. Not that I can remember. That was so nice to see. Hidden Figures was pretty solid. Yeah. But, but he's like, you know, I agree. I agree with that. He's not the star of that. Like, he's not no. making no. that movie. No. Turn. Kevin Costner is just typically just Kevin Costner. He's adjusting his glasses and he's just kind of like. But he, I, man, in Molly's game, he is so good. And that, that scene on the bench, it's kind of like a call me by your name moment. Right. It's that ending with him, his monologue, um, is damn good. But no, the movie as a whole, I just, I'm obsessed. It's, it's fun. It's so much fun. The yeah. dialogue's incredible. It is. Anytime there's silence, you notice it. Right. Because the dialogue is just so fast. And it's, it's ongoing. It never stops. Uh, and when it does, you, you take notice. And it was also nice, too, because Savannah and I were talking about this on our way home from that. I didn't notice anybody get up and leave the theater. Because mm-hmm. I think some people feel that they can go to the bathroom or they can go buy candy they won't miss anything. They find a, yeah, they, they think that they found a spot where they're not going to miss anything. Right. You can't leave during a Sorkin because there, there's loaded dialogue in, in every single scene. There's yeah. so much being shot at you that I think people are afraid to leave, and I, I like it. If that's what keeps people in seats, I'm all for it. There were like three or four really amazing showcases for Idris Elba throughout. Yeah, he has so many great scenes. The moment where he's deciding whether or not to represent her in court is awesome. That's a great scene. Later when he's talking to uh, the opposing counsel in that meeting to kind of say, look, she's, you don't need to prosecute this girl or whatever. Yeah, that like, may be that my favorite. That scene is great. When he's, the one-on-ones in his office with Jessica Chastain where mm-hmm. he's deciding whether or not to represent her or mm-hmm. trying to talk her into releasing some of the uh, information that she's kept secret on her hard drives. I mean, yeah. It's yeah. great. Yeah. He's, he's a force of nature for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think this is really the first time that I've been impressed Same. Uh, by him, too. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, we, gr- he's great in Jungle Book, but it's really just kind of his voice. Sure. Right. Um, but this is kind of like, okay, I want to see more of him. You and I remember before that movie started, we were nervous because we were like, what Idris movie really blows you away? Yeah. I could really name one. He is really good in it. Yeah. He's incredible in it. No... That's what's so great about Sorkin's dialogue or his scripts in general is that it's icing on the cake when you can get an A-list director mm-hmm. to direct it because you really don't need anybody to make it extra special. Right. The, the special, the proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the dialogue. That's the, why he gets marketed that way. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's one of the few, one of maybe three one, two, writers. three yeah. writers that get yep. billing in a trailer. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, he's one of a kind. I love Molly's game. I thought it was so good. So yeah, his dialogue. It, it wasn't hard for me to to put it up as high as I did. I mean, I, I just I love his work so freaking much, and I put it up there with with his best stuff. I really do. I thought Molly's game was that good. Number five, top five. Here we go. Uh yes, top five. Okay, number five is Ladybird. Love Ladybird. Big hit this year. Yeah. Ladybird was has, so How's good. it doing financially? Because I feel like a lot of people made the effort to go see it after Word of Mouth got out. I'm not sure. I'd be curious. I'm not sure how well it did. Soundtrack's awesome. I mean, it's kind of yeah. like... Uh, it's perfect for our generation, right? Because the character is in high school at the same time we were in high school. Yeah. So the soundtrack hits with us. Yeah. Greta's going to be a, a big voice of our generation I think so I, I think so I think this is just the beginning for her and I'm really glad that the academy acknowledged her and gave her a, a 
directing nomination. Yeah, she won the Golden Globe. So yeah. it's domestic gross as of yesterday, February 7th, is $44 million. How much was it? Oh, the, that movie. The budget was 10 for, million. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. a big hit for A24. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you get 50, that's a huge deal. No, that's great. And that's a big hit for A24. Yeah, they're tracking for 50 for, for sure. So And Lori Metcalf is so good. She's in greatness it. in it. I mean, she would any other year she's probably taking home the Academy Award, mm-hmm. right? But you got Janie right mm-hmm. there. Yep, exactly. Janie Saoirse Ronan, greatness. Man, anybody who can hide that thick of an accent, yeah, give them an Oscar. I saw this movie for a second time. In, I saw it opening night uh, at Great Fan Mills in a pretty wide open theater. Saw it for a second time over Christmas and it was packed. Really? Which makes me made me think people were getting out there after the word of mouth. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, well, it is. It's one of those movies that has such universal appeal. Like, I mean, I would, I would recommend that movie to anybody. I'd go mm-hmm. see it with anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Parents, grandparents, friends. Coming of age story. Yeah, and it's just so damn likable. It's kind of like it's a yeah. Juno. It's kind of a yeah. Juno movie. And for me, Greta Gerwig on scripts is three for three. Yeah. I really liked Maggie's plan. She helped write Twentieth Century Women. Which was fantastic with uh, Mike Mills, and then this one obviously she wrote and directed. Wrote and directed. Man, she, she's only, she's our age. Yeah. She just turned thirty-two. Yeah, she's very talented. She's got something. Her first love interest in the movie was played by Lucas Hedges, who yep. obviously had a huge year. He's last got year. something. Yeah, yeah, man, he's, he's back amazing. this year too. Yep. He had two big pictures this year. Yeah. yeah. Between this and three billboards, he has a great scene outside the. Yep. The. Coffee shop where yes. she works. Amazing. It was really, I mean, really that's good. like bringing you to tears moment. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. When he's dealing with his sexuality and how he's going to come out to his parents yeah. and all this kind of stuff, and he breaks down. Yeah. Really good. And then Timothy Chalamet again. Yeah. I know. He's good God, what a year. For me, now, Lady Bird is number five. That's tremendous. It's very high up there. I love Lady Bird. I, I want to say probably the first hour and some change. I was thinking the entire time, this could be my favorite film of the year. When she goes off to New York, Lose I, steam. it loses steam. I agree. Yeah. I totally agree. It really do does. Yeah. Totally and you agree. kind of all of a sudden start noticing time. Totally agree. You're kind of like, this movie's kind of dragging. I wish mm-hmm. it would have ended before she went to New York. Yeah. Like at the airport or something. Yep. Right? Yeah. Mom's regretting not going in. And yep. then yeah. It, so it, yep. it hit a lull. Uh, in the third act of the movie, it's an awkward scene where she's in the party with that guy. Yeah, it just, yeah. And she, it's like, weird. It's blackout drawn. It's just like, wait a minute, did she learn anything? Or yeah. Did she, yeah, and the I conversation agree. with her mom is while it's a it's a good scene, it's just kind of I don't know. It maybe it was the scenery change, and it's just now we're in New York. I don't know, but it. I don't know. It wasn't well placed in the movie. I mean, the movie's and about it's a lull. like coming of age, growing up in Sacramento. Right? Yeah, that's like, kind of like a big piece of it. So exactly. When you take her away from Sacramento. Yeah, like yeah. If if it were a Netflix series and we could spend more time with this character, yeah, we eventually go to New York. But I thought it was too much to shoehorn into to the movie, so it it fell a couple spots. You know, having said that, it's number five. I freaking love Lady Bird. But I do remember I was thinking for the vast majority of the movie, I think this is the best movie, certainly this year, but one of the best I've seen in a really long time. Yeah. And it just kind of hit that lull and it, mm-hmm. it, it dropped a couple spots for me. But one other interesting note is the girl who played her best friend at Catholic school. 
She's so good in it. She's really good. It's Jonah Hill's sister. Really? Yes. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Get out of here. Her name is Beanie Feldstein. Oh, man. She's going to be a star. She's yeah. great in it. She's so good. Yeah. I liked all the prom stuff with them. Yeah. That's a great sequence. Yeah, of it was good. Yeah, she dumps the cool kids to go hang out with yeah. her old best friend. It's cool. It and you get cool. the sense by watching her that she's probably like that in real life. Yeah. yeah. She's just got that great personality. I really liked her. And she's very funny. Yeah, you? she's very yeah. funny. Oh, that's cool. That's good to know. Yeah, so maybe there's something to that. Yeah, I'm anxious for it to come out uh, uh, on Blu-ray. I'm ready to see it again. Okay, let's move into number four. (sighs) Number four. Man, oh man. It did not have the audience that I wanted it to. It is so freaking good. Uh, Florida Project. I thought this was going to be an Oscar frontrunner. Me too, man. It it reeks of like a... Little Miss Sunshine, mm-hmm. like kind of a universal appeal. I mean, it's a tough movie. It there's some really tough scenes, just the way that they live and her mom in particular, um, and what she's involved in. It's very dark. Kind of the adults in the movie are kind of dark, sad characters. Um, so I've still not but seen it's it. So good. I want to see it. I love Defoe. It's a, he's, he's amazing. amazing. He is unbelievable. And until. Uh, um, uh, Sam Rockwell c- came along. I thought this yeah, is his year. Right. I mean, it's Defoe's to lose. Um, he's so good in it. He's so good. He's such an amazing character. He's so likable, and the kids in it are so likable. It's just a. It's a very likable movie. Mm-hmm. It's just got great appeal to it. I, I love Florida Project. So as a counterpoint, I will say that outside of you guys, the only other people I've heard talk about this described it as mindless drivel. So I don't know how you guys feel about that. I mean, I, my parents, I think we saw my a mom walked out of movie. it. Did she? <laughs> she walked out of the movie. Okay. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't know. I think that there's a lot of scenes. Again, I haven't seen it. So are there a lot of scenes with like just the children where it's just, mm-hmm. just kind of jabbering around and there's nothing really happening? Raising trouble? Kind of, yeah. But, but you, it, you got to stick with it. What's so great about the movie is it, 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 it it's a slice of life. You are thrown into a way of life that a lot of us didn't even know existed. Mm-hmm. Um, and without giving too much away, the movie's kind of about um, these, it's kind of like these like projects. They're, they're motels um, where a lot of homeless people, not homeless people, but very low income, do not have a job, families will move into um, and pay next to nothing in rent. And... It's like this little area in and around uh, Disneyland. Is it Disneyland that's mm-hmm. in Florida? Yes. No. Yeah. World. Disney World? World? What did I say? Yeah. 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 Okay. I'm Disney sorry. World. I'm sorry. And Poor it's, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of, it's the Florida slums. And what's great about the movie is that you follow these kids who don't know any other way of life. And you see all of these you know, bad things going on, these, these terrible adults. Um, but the kids don't know any better. And they're living their life and they're outside playing and they're doing this and they're doing that. But they're living in these shanties and just horrible um, uh, way of life. And their parents are miserable people. Many of them are into drugs or, and prostitution and stuff like that. But the it's just seeing it from the kid's point of view, it's 
it's I don't know. It's interesting. It's this juxtaposition. It's kind of ironic. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. I I don't know how you could watch that movie and think it's mindless drivel. It's I thought it was very profound. I mean, it's I don't know. I loved it. Colin, you loved it too. I did. Didn't you? Absolutely love that movie. Absolutely love it. The kid, five. the little girl, is incredible. She's gonna five. be a star. I don't know her name. Braxton something. It would be uh, probably something. number five for me if it's top five. Yeah, I really, really liked Florida Project. And Willem Dafoe is like this caretaker. Yeah, like he mm-hmm. looks after the the motel, yeah. and he knows that these people can't make their rent, yeah. but he doesn't judge them. He doesn't shame them. He tries to help out where he can. And he kind of sees himself as this father figure to all of these kids, you know, because for many of them, he's, he's looked after them. He's always been there. They've always lived there and he's always been running the place. And I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting dynamic. The child actor's name is Brooklyn Prince. Brooklyn Prince. There you go. So yeah, yeah keep an eye on her. It's now available to rent and I trust you guys' judgment. Yes, <laughs> please. You got to watch, watch it. For sure. And movies that are put on the shoulders of child actors, and it's they can pull it off. Yeah, you know whether it's, it's tough to do any Spielberg movie or Mud mm-hmm. is a good example. Mm-hmm. Like, man, oh man, when you can pull it off, when when a little kid can shoulder that much responsibility, mm-hmm. it's pretty impressive. Number three, number three, let's top hear it. three, number three, three billboards outside. Oh, appropriate. Ebbing, Missouri. Would be my number one. Me too. My favorite movie of the year. No, I've seen it twice now. The second time I liked it even more. Mm -hmm. I didn't think it was possible to like it even more. Amazing movie. It really is. Man, oh man. The writing is incredible. The performances are so good. Michael was the first to see this movie, so you got the word out pretty quick. Yeah. Man, it was a real deal. Sam Rockwell, uh, of course he's going to win the Oscar, as he should. Mm -hmm. I was blown away by how many Golden Globes it won because I thought this movie wasn't going to get anything. This but is the front runner. Yeah, and now it, all of a sudden here. it's the front runner. Yep. Um, and that's great to hear. Francis McDormand is amazing. The movie feels like a Coen Brothers film. I mean, it's their same composer. Um, it's a Martin McDonough movie, right? Yes, yeah. exactly. I wish he did more movies. In Bruges. Me too. Seven Psychopaths? Seven that? Psychopaths, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a great character. great dialogue. Has the old Tarantino in it? Yeah, a little Tarantino. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 a script away from me putting him into the Tarantino Aaron Sorkin category of writing great dialogue. Mm-hmm. I was such a big fan of this movie. Could anybody else play that part than Frances McDormand? No, she just is so tailor made for that she character. Is. Yeah. I just, thought it was interesting. I can't remember which award show it was. It was either the SAGs or the Golden Globes when she, when she was accepting the award. And she was saying that she had to be convinced to do it. She, yeah. Because she felt like she was too old to play yep. the Yeah. I remember her saying And it was that. actually her husband, the great Joel Cohen, yeah. who convinced her to do it. She said, uh, roles like this don't come along very often. She's you better take it. She's right. such a good actress. Yeah. Unbelievable. Frances is so good. Yep. Woody's back in this one. Yeah, Woody's so I good. I love his character in this movie. It's fantastic. It is such an amazing movie. I mean, I feel like Sally Hawkins in Shape of Water, like any other year, mm-hmm. she probably takes yep. Best Actress. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. But Francis is just so good. Yep, I agree. Yeah, it'd be my number one this year. Woody got nominated too, right? So Woody and Sam were both nominated for supporting. Is that right? Yep. I think they both did. Did Woody get nominated? I thought he did. I think so. I thought he got like How often does that happen? I thought he they did. both wow. got nominated. How often That's does that awesome. happen where two actors well, good in the same him. film get nominated for supporting actors? He's had an amazing year. 
That's awesome. Yeah, great movie. Great, great movie. It is. It's it's one of those. Uh, it's it's tough that it's number three, because any other year, I mean that's clear cut number one. Yep. But Woody and Sam both get nominated. Yeah. I mean, even like the bit players in the movie. They get a lot to chew on, right? And they yeah. do a great job with it, right? Yeah. Caleb Landry Jones, the guy that played Red, the guy who sold her the billboards. Yes. He had a big year, too. He's in yeah. Get Out. Yep. Um, I think he's in one of the other big films. But anyway, he's great in it. Uh, Peter Dinklage, Game of Thrones mm-hmm. fame. He's great in he's it. He's fun. He's he awesome. His character in it. Yeah. It's so funny. It's really good, man. Lucas Hedges, who we talked about earlier, he's in it. Mm-hmm. Who plays her ex-husband? What's that guy's name? He's in... San, or, uh, he's Hawks. A, he's in... Uh, yeah, John Hawks. What's his John, name? Is it John Hawks? John Hawks. He's yeah. so good. That's yeah. a tense scene. That guy's good in everything. Yeah. God, it's a great at the, movie. At the, at the breakfast table? Yes, yeah, man. It is. I mean, Lucas Hedges gets up with a... I mean, that's that scene's intense. Yeah. Great movie. Great movie. Okay, let's move to number two. So what possibly could be number two I mean, or I know number who one? the top two are. I just don't know what order they're in. Well, much like 2012... Uh-oh. I was surprised at this. Paul Thomas Anderson... Did not make number one. Wow. Comes in at number two with the greatness of Phantom Thread. I thought this would be your number one. I was really surprised that the number one movie held up. It's definitely worthy. I know. It's very good. This would be my number two as well. Behind Three Billboards. I would also put a number two behind Three Billboards. Phantom Thread. It's so good. I think it's his best movie since There Will Be Blood. Oh, for sure. I agree Um, with that. I think it's right there with the, you know... He's got three. And Punch Drunk's so good, too. Phantom Thread's very... Do you like Phantom Thread or Punch Drunk more? Punch Drunk. Okay. Yeah. Boy, I liked Phantom Thread. Yeah. I was oh, very, boy, I did too, man. impressed with it. Phantom Thread is incredible. Really, really good. Incredible. And uh, the collaboration with Daniel Day-Lewis on this was quite significant. I mean, Paul gets all the credit for writing it, as he should, but... Daniel Day apparently had uh, a lot to do with it. Um, our favorite quote from the movie, the the tea is left, but the interruption remains. So great. Was a Daniel Day-Lewis line. It's uh, Paul did not write that. He named the character as well, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Reynolds Woodcock? Yep. Reynolds Woodcock. Exactly. Which, like, on paper, if you're reading the um, the synopsis for the film, and you're like, is this movie a joke? Right. No, anything but. Uh, it's so freaking good. It's so good, and Johnny Greenwood's score is amazing, and They've Paul's direction quite is quite a team too. Boy, they really have, and he, and he did the cinematography for this film, but he took his name off the movie. He's not listed as a cinematographer. Um, he would have been nominated easily. Cinematography is incredible. Vicky <sighs> Creeps is incredible as Elma. Mm-hmm. Um, Leslie Manville, who got an Oscar nomination, did not see that happening. She was so good in that, though. She was, man. That scene where she basically tells Daniel Day-Lewis not to challenge her, that is awesome. Oh, yeah. Like, okay, let's go. I will run you into the ground. Don't don't come at me, dude. Yeah, Yeah, don't come with me. You want to fight? I will run you into the ground. That's great. Don't pick a fight with me. You won't come out of it alive. (laughs) And Paul just like... (laughs) She's the only one who puts him in his place. I know. And he... Yeah. And Paul, who avoids cliches... Um, at any opportunity like does it again like she very easily could have been that character that hated Elma too Mm -hmm. and you know was just gonna keep the status quo and was gonna stick up for her brother and you know conspire to get Elma out of the house Um, and you get that sense in the first half of the movie she does not like Elma 
No, not the case. Big advocate for Elma. Loves Elma. Such a good movie. You know, even uh, uh, calls Daniel Day out on it. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just going to make her wait around. Like, yeah. I like Elma. I'm on her side. I'm on her side. Yeah. You know, it's just like little moments like that that I love about Paul's writing. It's just, everything is just so original. Um, but yeah, great movie. Great, great, great movie. And I think that this is definitely, definitely Paul's most universal appealing movie since There Will Be Blood as well. Like, I, I think I could safely recommend Phantom Thread to anybody, whereas Inherent Vice, no. Master, no. This, I feel like every who wouldn't like Phantom Thread? It's got some humor Dan, in it. Dan yeah, it's funny. So marketable. And he's just incredible. You could watch him read the phone any book. Any chance he wins the Best Director? Is there any shot for him? I mean, I've told myself no. I'm convinced that he'll never win. 07 was, or 08 was... That was, his, that was his time, but he ran into the Coen no Brothers. Country. If yeah. No Country was not made that same year, he yeah. hands down wins it. It's yeah. not close. I mean, There Will Be Blood was tied for most nominations that year. It wins Best Picture, hands yes, down. Yes, that just, was his year, and he ran into the Coen Brothers. He ran into arguably the best movie from 2000 to 2010 yeah. that was made. Both shot in Marfa. At the same time. Of all time. places. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I really think that... I, I don't know if he'll do it this year either, so, to be honest. If he wins... I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to freak out because I'm not expecting it. I really, I don't think he's ever going to win. But I don't know. You've raised this point to me before and, you know, the chances of him winning, he's got one. I don't know. There's not like a clear cut favorite. I know. I guess he could win. It's not impossible. I just don't see it happening. I don't see it either. I don't don't see see it it happening. But it was very well acknowledged by the the Academy. Six Academy Award nominations. And it has such a small marketing campaign. Yeah, very exciting. Yeah, so we'll, uh, I'll share this. I don't think I told you this column. I might have shared it with Michael. But I saw it in California, and in the lobby there God, was... Both you guys saw it in California. Yeah. I know. Well, Michael on Jeez. Christmas Day on a day. Me, like, three weeks ago on a work trip. Yeah. So not quite matter. the same. But still. still in the same state. Yeah. But there was a, uh, like a, a display in the lobby. Described it was a, uh, like a, a column from some publication. I forget what it was. It was talking about the movie, right? So... The movie is about it's uh, Daniel Day-Lewis's character is like this dressmaker in like 1950s high society London, right? Mm-hmm. So the way it was described by this critic, so it's a Paul Thomas Anderson film starring Daniel Day-Lewis. It was described as a film by a master craftsman starring a master craftsman about a master craftsman. Yeah, which I thought was really yeah, cool. to describe that's a like great cool. blurb. Yeah, I love that. That sums it that's up perfectly. Very true. Yeah. That's yeah, cool. it's definitely worth seeing this movie. Like, go see it now if you haven't. Yeah, that's so damn good. Okay, so here we go. We made it to number one. Number one. What could it possibly be? Are you guys ready for this? Let's see it. Brad's status. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk. Number one, Dunkirk. Yeah. Yep. 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 I love Dunkirk. Obviously, I love Dunkirk. Um. Look, I saw it on IMAX. Yeah. The way that it was supposed to be seen. And I know there's plenty of people out there that'll tell you, you know, if 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 it doesn't translate to a smaller screen, then how good of a movie is it? Like, does it have to be seen in IMAX? Like it's I yes, it does. That's the way it was shot, the way it was meant to be experienced. Um, I realize that there's not a lot of IMAX theaters in the country and a lot of people didn't get to see it the way that we saw it. 
Um, I'm also one that believes that it's just as great a movie on your iPhone as it is on IMAX. But having seen it on IMAX, it's a completely different experience. Mm -hmm. It's such an immersive experience. And that movie never lets go. Like Wait, it doesn't. <laughs> and the score, the score is a big driver in that. Maybe, Hans Zimmer score. Yeah, maybe one of my favorite Hans scores. I mean, it's like an anxiety-inducing. White knuckle, mm. yeah. edge of your seat for an hour and 45 minutes straight. I mean, this score literally doesn't stop until right. the end on the train. Um, and you get dropped right into it. You do. Too, right? Those you kids do. Are kids just are walking the chaos. The yep. But then it was just a cool moment, right? They're walking the street, and then the pamphlets get dropped from above. Yeah. And uh -huh. They look at them, and it's like you're surrounded on all exactly. sides. Exactly. Yeah. yeah psychological right. art here. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then the gunshot stuff. Like the entire movie is the opening of Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. And I don't know what an experience. Um, yeah, I I just I can't say enough about Dunkirk. I a lot of people had a problem with the fact that there weren't any. Uh, characters really established. You didn't know anybody's name. You didn't know anybody's backstory. You're just thrown into the middle of it, and that's exactly why I love the movie. I'm I don't right. need to know that this is such and such, and it's his last mission, and uh, he's in love with the gr Betty back home. No, stop it. I I want it. It was almost a documentary. You know, these young boys that were just they were stuck on a beach, literally. And uh, there's no end in sight. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. And the way that it was told, you know, it's it's um, not told in chronological order. And there's there's jumping in time. That was another critique of many people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of people that. didn't like that too. And yes, ethics. upon first viewing, you are you don't really know what's going on. And then when it first happens, when you first realize what's going on, you're not sure that you really like it because you're just kind of... But that adds to the swirling chaos of the movie. Right. Plus, just like from a historical perspective and then looking back at the movie, to, to be told... He's telling the story from the perspective of land, sea, and mm -hmm. air, right? Mm -hmm. Three different like fronts of that battle. Yes. Which was a very interesting way to tell it. Very interesting. And yes, it, you don't necessarily understand what's going on until maybe a third of the way in the movie when you start realizing that these different arcs are overlapping. Mm -hmm. Yep. But it's it doesn't it's not to the point where it takes you out of the movie or really confuses you no. or anything like that. No, no, it's it's masterful. It 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 really is. I man, I what an achievement. I think I think it's Nolan's uh, best film. I really do, and I I hope it gets him an Oscar. He could win best director. He could. I could, I could see that happening over Paul for the, sure. At the Globes though, but that no. doesn't mean anything. But. No, I mean really until three bill until three billboards came along, I thought it was Dunkirk's year. Yeah, I did too. Mm -hmm. I really did. Now all of a sudden Dunkirk, I mean they couldn't get a, an award to save their life. Yeah. Um, I think. Can I make a prediction? Go for it. I don't know that a, another movie will ever be Michael's wire to wire top fifteen. Ooh, so it was, was number one on the initial list. Debut it went is wire one. to wire. Yeah. Oh, it was Alabama one yeah. of the polls all year. That's. I mean, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Wow. I really yeah. didn't. I thought something would pass it up, especially if I knew Phantom Thread was coming. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it went wire to wire. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. Dunkirk is an amazing achievement. Christopher Nolan. It barely beats Phantom Thread. That's like Alabama. Yeah. Oh, it does. State. Absolutely. But yeah, it does. No, it's that's impressive. But Nolan, he he is an amazing filmmaker. He is. He's one of those that, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised if his best work is still ahead of him. Is he the most must see director going right now? 
And I'm talking also Mass Appeal. When he Probably. comes out, when is are his movies the most anticipated right now? When you're talking Mass Appeal, he's there with Tarantino. Tarantino yeah. would be up like there. His movie, their movies are events. Yep. Tarantino's you know? going through a little bit of a PR nightmare. Right yeah, now. he is. But, but yeah, he is. I would say Tarantino's right there. It's neck and neck between those two. I is think there somebody we're too. forgetting that's like a big deal. To write? I mean, Spielberg still has a lot of juice, right? Yeah, he I does. I just don't think his movies are events. I mean, I no. love Spielberg. Yeah, right? but. For me, Wes Anderson, yeah, on a, yeah. On a smaller on scale, but, scale, but name recognition, right? It's right up there with Tarantino. And yeah. I think Spinola. it's Nolan, and I think after Dark Knight, everyone's like, okay, his movies right. are opening weekend. Even people—that's one of those people that go five to seven times a year. They yeah. are going for that movie. Inception yeah. was huge. Yeah, oh yeah, Dark Knight man. Rises was huge. Yeah, I think Interstellar maybe was a little shaky. Yeah, but a little shaky, but it was good. Everybody but, went to go see it yeah, that first still, weekend. Still had a huge opening weekend. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, I think it's him and Tarantino. I don't even know if I put Scorsese up there. No, uh. Uh-uh. Because no. a lot of that's Leo if it, if it is drawing big. I'm not taking anything exactly. away from Scorsese. No. But I really think it's those two. You kind of are taking something away from There Scorsese. you go. Well, that's sorry, the, that's the thing. Like, Dunkirk <laughs> has a no-name cast. Yeah. I mean, Harry Styles is in it, yeah, but he's barely in it, and he doesn't say a word. Big name, though. I know, but the... <laughs> he is. But the big name... Mm-hmm. People are going to see Christopher Nolan. Mm-hmm. Tarantino's next film, the Marilyn Manson, or the uh, Charles Manson movie... I was like, whoa, I didn't hear about that. It's a who's who. It is, yeah. DiCaprio, Cruz, Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie. But guess what? You know who's going to have top billing? Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino's ninth film. True. That's going to be at the top of the poster in big, bold print. Yep. And, I mean, Christopher Nolan is probably the only other filmmaker who can Fincher doesn't draw that. that. No, Fincher didn't do that. Not at all. No, Fincher. Not at all. And, I mean, I love him, but he he can't draw like that. No, Uh uh-uh. Nope. No, very few people have such a distinct style um, that also appeals to so many people. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody can, can can tell a Wes Anderson movie, um, but his characters are, you know, they're also, you know, eccentric and just kind of left of center. Yep. You know, it's Chris, quirky. Exactly. It's very quirky, you know. Um, Cohen, same way. Yeah, Cohen. Now, Cohen's they're in the running uh, for name recognition. Yeah, I would agree. Top billing. They're up there. I still they are. If I put them with Tarantino and no, I think Nolan Tarantino now. and Nolan really command it. Michael Bay definitely doesn't. Oh, Michael Bay. <laughs> so Dunkirk obviously did well, and it had a lot. It of did. It made a attention killing. and recognition. But do you guys think that it was like such a British story that it didn't necessarily do as well as it? Maybe could have in the U.S. What was the final gross? The final gross was 188, which is obviously Solid. very good. The budget was 100 million, which like seeing the movie, I know 100 million is a lot of money, but it seems like it would have cost more, right? Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of just crazy sequences. Obviously, the cameras he's yeah. using. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to pay any actors though. Worldwide gross 525. Exactly, very man. Solid. Very solid. Yeah. It's bankable for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, his next movie made. Yeah. I'd say so. Exactly. You know, that is interesting, though, that... It's not crazy long. It's only 106 minutes. It's a pressure cooker. It is, yeah. yeah. It is if a it pressure was longer, cooker, man. People are going to get wheeled out of there. Mm-hmm. But no, that is interesting to look at the worldwide gross, the international gross compared to domestic. And, you know, does that play a part? Um, you know, do people really decide not to see a movie because it's not an American story? Right. Maybe. You know, the grosses suggest that that may be the case. But um, I don't know. It's a, it's a hell of a movie. It's so damn good. 
you're looking to push the pace in your next workout, crank up the, uh, the Man, soundtrack. Man, if you want to go on a run. But I'm telling you, Blade Runner soundtrack or uh, Dunkirk. Hans Zimmer. Pick either one of those, and you yeah. will be off to the races. I'd go Blade Runner because it's less anxiety-inducing. Yeah. Right. right? Like yeah. If I'm trying to get work done, I'm going to put Blade Runner on and yeah. just like yeah. zone in. Yeah. For Dunkirk, maybe yeah. I'd get more work done because yeah. I would just be like on the edge of my That's seat. That's very true. At least fly. the Blade Runner soundtrack has like some Frank Sinatra tracks yeah. Yeah. in there, too. Yeah, <laughs> a little sprinkling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Stuff. Kind of breaks things up a little bit. But Christopher Nolan. Man. Got so it done good. this year. So good. All right, so another uh, top 15 in the books. That was fun, guys. Really enjoyed that conversation. Nice job, guys. Yeah, good stuff, guys. Good year. Here's to 2018. Hopefully, yeah. just What good. will it bring? It has a lot to live up to. 2017 is a big one. I hope 18 is as good as 17. We'll see everybody back here next year, I guess. We yeah. will. Yeah. So stay tuned for our next episode where the Emmy Award-winning film critic and now Hawaii resident, yeah. Gary Kogil, has graciously accepted our invite to return for our Oscar preview show. Yeah. So fingers crossed that actually happens. <laughs> and that was, you know, one of the highlights of our oh, year yeah. last year for sure. So much fun. I mean, the guy knows so much about movies. Very entertaining guy. Love talking movies with him. So we're looking forward to speaking with him about the Oscars and breaking it all down. So keep your eye out for that. Before and we got to talk to him about the... Uh, the the missile fake, crisis yeah oh, nuclear gosh, yeah I want his opinion emergency on that. alert he got Absolutely. on his phone Jeez. that'll be interesting to hear about for Jeez. sure maybe ask him like what three films he would take into a bomb shelter with him. yes exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 see how he reacts to that I'm sure he had a, a few of those thoughts that morning so no doubt okay so the real world podcast channel is available on itunes and soundcloud you can find links to our social media and other fun content on www.realworldlive.com and thank you for listening